Go ahead and pull out your Bibles and something that you can take notes with this morning. If you are new here this morning, just here for Easter, we're glad you're here. My name's Andrew Zanaco. I'm the lead pastor here at Antioch. We're glad you're here. And we are a, a Bible-believing, note-taking church, so that's why I encourage you to take that out. Um, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We'll have stuff on the screen for you. Happy Easter, everybody. Yeah. It is good to be together on another beautiful Sunday morning. You can open your Bibles to Luke 24 or 1 Corinthians 15. You get to choose this morning. If you really want to be crazy, you could try to turn to both. But, you know, the overachievers on the front row, you can do both. <laughs> Luke 24, 1 Corinthians 15. I have not been feeling well the last few days, so you might just have to bear with me if I get a little foggy up here, but we'll be all right and make it through. We're going to jump, uh, jump in right with reading the Word of God, so if you would stand with me for the reading of the Bible. We're going to start in Luke 24, verse 1, and then we will go to 1 Corinthians 15. Luke 24, verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they, had found, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, again starting in verse 1. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand, and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and to the twelve. Let's jump to verse 12. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. On this beautiful Easter morning, I just want to share a simple message with you titled, We Believe. Would you pray with me? 
Lord, we thank you again for this gathering together. We thank you for the opportunity to be free to gather this morning. And we do lift up your name and we profess you and confess you and worship you this morning. We thank you for your presence with us, and we pray that as we now turn into your word, uh, you would speak to us and strengthen us and encourage us and teach us and train us, that you would bind us together by the power of your word and in the power of the Holy Spirit. We love you, and we look to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Every year... This day on our calendar presents our world the most important question in the world. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died and he was buried and on the third day rose again? The Bible teaches us that to believe this is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to be a Christian. And it was the testimony of these women who saw the empty tomb that reignited the spark of faith in the apostles, who would then turn the world upside down with their preaching of our faith. And it is their ministries that have rippled through time to bring you and I here together this morning. The apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, stakes everything about our faith on this, first, on this thing of first importance. This thing here of first importance. That Christ died for our sins. He was buried, he was raised, and he appeared to his disciples. The Bible tells us right here that if this is not true, then not only is my preaching to you this morning in vain, but your faith is in vain. Even if Jesus was a good man whose teachings maybe gave us hope for this life, if he did not raise from the dead and give us eternal life, we Christians are of all people most to be pitied. The good news is, it is true. We believe, we believe the witness of history that this is true. We believe the witness of the women and the apostles and the church. We believe the witness of the Holy Spirit that Christ is risen. And we do not hold this faith in vain this morning. I do not preach to you in vain this morning, but instead... We get to be here this morning and hold this faith as the full assurance of our salvation. And we do not need others to pity us, but instead we have been set free and are called to serve others and serve the world by the preaching and demonstrating of this gospel of the kingdom through our lives. One main theme of the New Testament is God's big, continuous exhortation to us to hold fast in this faith. You see it cover to cover, really through the whole Bible, especially in the New Testament. 
Things like endure in this faith. Persevere in this faith. Stand firm in this faith. Be built up in this faith. Be unified in this faith. And all Christians in all times, in all places, have desperately needed that continuous, God-inspired, God-breathed exhortation to hold fast in this faith. And we today here in this place and in this time are no different. We need it. It can be hard to stay faithful in this confusing world. It can be hard to stay hopeful in this painful world. It can be hard to stand firm in this shaky world. It can be hard to stay united in this divisive world. It can be hard to stay clear in this foggy world. But we can do it. And we must do it. We can. And we must do everything that we can to stand in this faith. To stand in our faith and continue to grow in our faith and the unity of that faith because that is what our Lord has called us to do. We can and we must by his grace. So this morning on Easter Sunday as we celebrate especially that first thing of first importance, all I really want to do is try to partner with the Holy Spirit in strengthening your faith and encouraging our unity. I believe that's what Jesus wants for his church. If we read the New Testament, I just think that's what he wants. That's why he says it over and over again. Stand strong, persevere, continue to grow, Go from glory to glory. Continue on this upward call of Christ Jesus. Hold fast. Don't let anyone take this from you. I think that's what Christ is doing to build his church. He wants you to stand firm and he wants us to be unified in him. He wants to strengthen our faith and strengthen our unity. And so my goal this morning is to try to partner with him in that. And and I want to do that not by preaching to you anything new or some new message or said some new fancy way, but instead by together reaching back, reaching back to the church's oldest and most unifying statement of faith, the Apostles' Creed. And I just want to remind ourselves of what we believe. For the Christians in the room, this is our confession. These, this is what we stand firm on, and this is what brings us together. And for those of you who are not yet Christians in the room, this is your invitation. So what is our statement of faith? What is it that we believe? We believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. We believe. Who who is God? Who is God? What is God? Is there a God? We believe there is. We believe he is the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. We believe that we are not gods. We believe that none of us is God. We believe that no thing is God. Everything is not God. 
Earth is not our mother. God is our father. And holy is his name. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is ever-present. And he is good. All existence comes from him. And is held together by him. And for him. And in him. Because there is a real creator, we believe that reality really does exist and we can discover it. Truth exists and we can stand on it. Reason exists and we can use it. Which is to say, because there is a designer, there is a design and we can and we should and we must live according to it. That is what we believe. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. We believe in Jesus, and we believe that he is the mediator between God and man. We believe that there is no other name under heaven by which men can be saved. And we believe that in and through and by him, we have been saved we are being saved and we will be saved. We believe that he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. We believe that he was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. We believe that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and therefore was in very nature God. He was fully God, but he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. He became fully man by being born of the Virgin Mary. We believe that Jesus was fully God and fully man. He was fully God and fully man, that he might sympathize with us in our weaknesses and be tempted in every way like we are as a man. And also that as fully God, he would reveal the Father to us such that he could say, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. We believe that Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. We believe that Jesus lived a life of suffering, that he suffered in every way like we did, that in so many ways, his perfect life of faith was all a measure of suffering. For isn't it a measure of suffering to lay down your flesh and obey the will of the Father? And Jesus, in his sinless life, lived that constant suffering of obedience for us. He suffered. Jesus suffered temptation. He suffered pain. He suffered injustice in his human flesh throughout his entire life and at the culmination of his trial before Pontius Pilate. We believe that he was sinless, yet he was crucified. 
so that he and his perfection might be the propitiation for our sins. We believe that he really did suffer real things in a real body as a real man. And he really did die a real death just like real men die. And we believe that he really was buried in a real tomb because he really was dead. We believe that Jesus descended into hell and on the third day he rose again from the dead. In his death, Jesus descended into the place of the dead where he took the keys of death and Hades. We believe that he alone holds the key of David and that the door that he opens, no one can shut and the door that he shut, no one can open. He descended into the place of the dead to declare his conquest over every demonic spirit and power. He disarmed every demonic ruler and authority and he put them into open shame, declaring and demonstrating his triumph over them in the cross. And on the third day, he actually, literally, definitely rose from the dead. He lived a real life He died a real death, and he resurrected for real. Just like he said he would. He said he would do it. It all went down the way he said it would go, and then he did what he promised he would do. Just like he said he would, he defeated death, and his enemies have become his footstool. And he appeared to his disciples and over 500 other people just like he said he would so that he would declare the victories of his kingdom to all of those above the earth, all of those on the earth, and all of those under the earth. We believe that he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. We believe that because of his obedience to death, even to death on a cross, he has been given the name that is above every other name. And that at his name, every knee will bow. Psalm 2 tells us that though in this world the nations rage and people's plot, we are assured that the nations rage and the people's plot in vain. That those who set themselves against the Lord's anointed do so at their own peril. And the Lord promises us that he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury as he promises us for himself. As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. We believe that Jesus has ascended to the pinnacle of that holy hill of Zion, the kingdom of God. We believe that there is a king. There is one king who sits on the throne. His name is above every name. He has conquered death in his resurrection and ascension, and his name is Jesus. We believe that he will come. We believe that he will come to judge the living and the dead. We believe he's still alive, and this isn't over yet. 
He will come to judge the living and the dead. In Psalm 9, verses 7 and 8, we're told this. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. You know that throne we were just talking about? He sits on it forever. That should be encouraging. He didn't just ascend to the throne. He has ascended to the throne forever. And so again, like the the people's rage and the nation's plot, God is confident. God is confident in his throne. He is confident in his king on Zion, his holy hill, because the Lord sits on his throne forever. The Lord sits enthroned forever. There's a lot that changes in your life, isn't there? There's a lot that's shifting in this world, isn't there? There's a lot we don't know. There's a lot that's confusing. There's a lot we will never know and never understand. There is so much we cannot control, but the Lord sits enthroned forever. This is what we believe. The Lord sits enthroned forever, and he has established his throne for justice. And he judges the world with righteousness. And he judges the peoples with uprightness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that we believe that there there will be an end. And we believe that there is a judge seated on the throne forever. And he is righteous. And he judges the living and the dead. And so we believe that there is justice. We believe there is justice. That in all things there is justice. Because the Lord sits enthroned forever. And his forever throne has been established for justice. We are confident that there is justice. And that vengeance is the Lord's. And we believe that in the end we will all stand before him. We will all stand before this judge who sits upon the throne. And believers in his name will give account for their faith. And unbelievers an account for their sins. And God will give in righteousness and in uprightness. He will give to all according to their works. He will give the reward of faith to the believers. And the judgment of sin to the unbelievers. As is right according to his justice. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe that there is a God. We believe that God is one and that he is in three persons. We believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit and that he convicts the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment And that it is his great mercy that he would convict us of sin and righteousness and judgment. It is the great mercy of God that he would convict us of what is real. That he would snap us out of any illusions we have that there is no sin. That he would keep us from any foolishness that would say there is no judgment. That he would keep us From any ignorance that would say there is nothing really righteous. No, there is sin. 
And there is righteousness. And there is judgment. And it is the mercy of God that in the Holy Spirit, he teaches us about these things. That we might know what is real, understand what is true, and live according to what is right. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit that he is our comforter and he is our helper as he reminds us of Jesus and leads us in our sanctification as his saints. We believe in the Holy Spirit that we do not have the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we now call God our Father. Our Father. Our Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. We believe. We believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. Just this word Catholic is a reference to the universal church not a statement about or anything regarding the Roman Catholic Church. We believe in the universal church of Jesus Christ and the communion of the saints. Ephesians 4, verses 4 and 5 says this, and we believe it. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through 13, says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. We were all made to drink of one spirit. There is immense Diversity in the body of Christ. But we remain united in our diversity because we are not united and we don't need to be unified by our skin color, our background, our money, our politics, our gender, our nation, our preferences. We are united in the Father by the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. And we participate in this body, in this unity, in the communion of the saints. We believe in the supernatural, supernatural reality of partaking of the body and the blood of Jesus when we take of the bread and the cup. We partake together Unified with each other and all of those who have taken of the table of the Lord, we partake of the presence of Jesus Christ. Now, it is not Christ, but it is. It's, it's just a crusty wafer. 
But it is his body that we receive broken for us. It is just some wine or some juice, but it is his blood poured out for us for the forgiveness of sins. And as such, we believe we should not partake of the Lord in vanity or in levity, but when we receive the elements, we need to receive the Lord. We need to receive that broken body for us. We need to receive that blood poured out for us. And when we remember him by partaking of his table together, he brings us together as one under him. He brings us together as one, as we are one with him, as he and the Father are one. And we believe in the forgiveness of sins. We believe that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We believe that the wages of sin is death. And we believe that God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We believe in the resurrection of the body. We believe that our bodies are real, made by God, given to us by God, that God cares about that. We believe that we're not just souls, but we are bodies that will be raised to life in the new heavens and the new earth. Acts chapter 24, verse 14 says this. But this I confess to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I worship the God of our fathers, believing everything laid down by the law and written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men themselves accept, that there will be a resurrection of both the just and the unjust. Romans eight twenty three says this, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Our belief in the resurrection of the body allows us to experience hardships in this life because we know that this world is not all that there is and we are waiting for something greater. This gives us hope, even in death. And it prompts us to live now with this body in godliness and in righteousness. Because our life matters. This isn't just some disembodied spiritual thing we're talking about, but we participate in the righteousness of Christ. We participate in the kingdom of God. We sow into the eternity of the kingdom of God with our bodies here. Your life matters. Your life matters. This isn't just a destination that we pray a prayer and we end up somewhere when we die. We are invited into a life lived in this body, participating in the kingdom and in the glory of God. And we believe in the life everlasting. We believe in the life everlasting. John 17, verse 3 
tells us that this is eternal life, that we know him. This is eternal life, that we know him, the only true God, and Jesus Christ in whom he sent. We believe that while we experience eternal life in the present, there is also a greater experience of this for us for all of eternity to come in the future. The Heidelberg Catechism puts it this way. In question 58, even as I already now experience in my heart the beginning of eternal joy, so after this life I will have perfect blessedness such as no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human heart has ever imagined a blessedness in which to praise God forever. <laughs> That's what we believe. 1 John 3.2 says, Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him as he is. John 3.16 promises us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And Revelation 21 verse 3 lifts our eyes beyond the horizon and paints for us a picture we have not yet seen when it says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. This is what we believe. Amen. We believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And he will come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. This is what we believe. This is the faith given to us at that empty tomb. This is the hope secured for us at that empty tomb. 
This is the love poured out for us at that empty tomb. Would you stand with me together as we close our time? To the Christians in the room, I pray today that you are strengthened in your faith. I pray that we all step more into our unity in this faith. That we would hold fast to this confession and grow every day in our sanctification as we abide in Jesus. Living in this union and communion and partnership with him. And if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, like I said, this is your invitation. To come to him today and to believe. To make this your confession. That you believe. You are invited today to come to God the Father. Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. And confess by the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ was his son, that he died for your sins, and that God raised him from the dead so that you could be born again, made a new creation, restored to be the child of God you were created to be, so that you might not waste this life and look towards the judgment of sinners, but that you might have a new life, living and partnering with him in his glorious kingdom to see it come on earth as it is in heaven and to spend everlasting life knowing him. I want to pray for all of us that we would stand in this faith. And if you're here today and you want to make that confession for the first time, or if you've turned from your faith and you need to renew your confession that I believe, I want you to pray along with all of us in the room who believe alongside with you. Would you bow your heads with me? If you need to make that confession today, just simply pray, Lord, I believe. I come to you and I believe. You are God and I am not. And I have sinned. But I believe in the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ, your son, who lived and died and was buried and rose again for me. Ask the Lord Jesus, say, Jesus, will you give me your forgiveness of my sins? Tell the Lord Jesus, I need to be born again. I need the old to pass away and I need the new to come. I need to follow you and I give you my life. And Lord, for all of us, we are here today in your house on Easter Sunday to do this one thing to stand before you with each other in this world and confess we believe. We believe today and we will believe tomorrow as long as it comes. And we're asking Holy Spirit that you would baptize us and pour yourself out on us and in us and through us and overflow. That we would have the strength to stand. That we would hold fast to this faith. And that we would participate with you by being unified with you and with one another as your body underneath you and you alone as our head. Here we are again. Here we are forever. We believe. We believe. And we thank you. We thank you for this first thing.
for that empty tomb. And as sure it is as it is empty, we receive this faith. We receive this hope and we receive your love. Our prayer team is going to come up and be available as we worship one more time together as we end our time. If there's anything you need prayer for in your life, come and get the prayer that you need. If you need to turn your life to the Lord Jesus, come and share with somebody. The Bible encourages you, confess to one another and you will be healed. Come and receive the prayer that you need for whatever it is in your life. As we finish our morning, confessing that we believe.